With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome into the Talking Tide podcast on the Pigskin Podcast Network. I'm Chase Goodred of NFL.com. I'm joined by Travis Ryer, the longtime senior analyst at BamaOnline.com. Our Twitter feed, Talking underscore Tide. You can get all the links to our Twitter uh, all of the links to our podcast, excuse me, right there on the Twitter feed, also available to you on YouTube, on Facebook. We are live at both of those locales. And, of course, you can uh, get our podcast just about anywhere you get yours, uh, including our web host, which is megaphone.com. want to thank our sponsors really quickly, Peterbrook Chocolatier of Tuscaloosa, North River Dental Associates, and DraftKings. More on them a little bit later in the program, Travis and I are going to touch on some postseason roster attrition, they call it, with uh, the Alabama football roster. Touch on that Alabama basketball program as well. Hit a little bit of a skid here as Nate Oates' squad. Uh, but Travis, we'll start with football. By the way, I like the cap very much. Yes, yes. USFL. to our youth, our respective youth as Jacksonville Bull fans, and they're going to fire this thing back up, you know, with the USFL. But there will not be initially, at least, a Jacksonville Bull squad. So we're not exactly thrilled about that. There's going to no, be a Birmingham Stallions. You know. Birmingham's, maybe they'll bring Cliff Stout in there to quarterback that squad again. <laughs> Joe Cribs at running back, you know. But, uh, yeah, well, you know, the, there was no Bulls team the first year of the USFL. It was an expansion franchise, uh-huh. came in in year two. Maybe they'll go down to Jacksonville for year two. Yeah. Uh, who yeah. knows? Maybe but, Brian uh, Sipe back, yeah. you know. Get a lot him of in former a Alabama players bounced around that yes. old USFL. Robbie, Robbie Mafus at quarterback for <laughs> the uh, Jacksonville Bulls back in the day, Chase, as you yeah. recall. I don't remember any Alabama players for the Bulls. Do you? For the Bulls, I don't know because that it I was do. so regionally yeah. set up. I mean, those guys were mostly with Birmingham, right? Or Walter the, the dra- Lewis yes, with the Memphis yes. Showboats. Yeah, the drafts were territorial, right? So right. if you were the if you were the Bandits, you got to have the Gators. If you were the Bulls, you unless got you were the Georgia New Jersey Bulldogs. Generals, what's that? Unless yeah. you were the new somehow you magically had Georgia yeah. in your region. You That's know? right with with Hushel. Yeah, <laughs> that's how that worked. Yeah, it was a little different. But, uh, Forgot. Well, yeah, you're right. Uh, the Birmingham Stallions had their sh- had Joey Jones, former Alabama wide receiver. Uh, the Memphis Showboats had Walter Lewis, former Alabama quarterback, and uh, of course there were a few more bouncing around as well. Fun yeah. league it was, no doubt about it. Uh, fun as well, Travis. This offseason roster attrition. Uh, you see it every year, but I think it it seems to be uh, growing immediately after bowl season, maybe like we haven't quite seen it before with the transfer portal, right? Um, gonna update things as they stand here on Sunday Eve, Travis, your 
announced draft exits for Alabama so far. Evan Neal, no surprise whatsoever. The outstanding left tackle moving on to be probably a top five pick in the NFL draft, in my opinion. Uh, Jamison Williams, the outstanding receiver moving on. He projects as a first rounder as well. Slade Bolden on his way to the NFL draft. John Mechie and Jalen Armour Davis kind of hinted at that in the last podcast that Alabama uh, might be losing more in that secondary than Josh Job. Uh, Armour Davis is the one. Not, however, losing Jordan Battle, uh, who will return along with Henry Toa Toa, DeMarco Helms, and defensive tackle DJ Dale. Uh, we'll tackle all this one at a time, I guess, Travis, but just to recap the rest of the news, uh, and to just kind of blow through it quickly on the front end here, transferring out, uh, along with the five guys who we reported in our, uh, uh, or recapped anyway, in our last podcast, add to them Javon Baker, the wide receiver, uh, Shane Lee at linebacker and Jalen Moody at linebacker. And uh, destinations already be announced as well. Travis Paul Tyson on his way to Arizona State. Taking a draw, having to draw another breath here. Drew Sanders on his way to Arkansas, and apparently it looks like Jaleel Billingsley will be on his way to the University of Texas. And that's all I got, Travis. <laughs> that's it. You feel like a traffic cop, don't you? Uh, after all that, and. It absolutely has gone to another level, especially with the one-time exception where you can transfer unimpeded wherever you would like and have immediate eligibility at your next stop. And so, yeah, I mean, just about, well, a lot of different areas of this football team going to be impacted by those decisions between NFL early declaration and uh, for that draft and then also from the portal. Uh, Jalen Armour Davis, a guy that certainly had a very solid season at corner for Alabama, probably Alabama's most consistent corner throughout the 2021 season. But when you talk about bringing in Eli Ricks from LSU, if you can keep Jordan Battle at Eli Ricks, you'd love to keep Jalen Armour Davis for another year. But that's sort of a trade you'll make between safety and corner if you get Battle back to go along with DeMarco Helms, I would think anyway. I would think so as well. Jordan Battle coming back, certainly big for Alabama. Uh, Toa Toa, a guy that that's, that is going to presumably hold it down in the middle of that linebacking core for another year. DeMarco Helms uh, had a good year for the Crimson Tide. Didn't have a great national championship game, in my opinion, but he's got a lot of experience. He's a smart guy. Uh, he's going to benefit that secondary coming back as well. Really, Travis, if anything stands out to me of all this news, it's uh, the wide receiving core waving goodbye pretty much across the board. Top three receivers, Jamison Williams, Slade Bolden, John Meshi, all moving on. Uh, and, of course, Javon Baker, who's a backup, he's moving on. Uh, the wide receiver position, given that news, Travis, would appear to be as wide open for incoming talent as it's been in some time. Yeah, and a couple guys you saw prominently in the national championship game, Ajay Hall, Ja'Cory Brooks, prime opportunities for a couple of five stars. From the 2021 cycle, Alabama continues to recruit at a high level. You also have some younger guys inside like JoJo Earl, 
Um, like Christian Leary, when you look at Slade Bolden and what he leaves behind, the void there. So they have some guys on campus, but you're still you're still left to wonder a little bit if Nick Saban still might exploit that transfer portal at wide receiver. I think that Hall and Brooks have the physical attributes of number one receivers. Um, but if there's still the right guy out there, I don't know if you, at this point, rule out that possibility moving forward. You know, JoJo Earl, of course, was hurt late in the season, Travis. And I was a little bit surprised, though, that we didn't see some of him in the national championship game after Jamison Williams went down. Uh, where do you think he stands in terms of his ability to contribute going forward in this wide receiving core? Uh, and do you, and as far as you know, was it was it the the injury situation that kind of held him back on the back end of the season? I think he was kind of the same guy that you had in Slade Bolden after the injury. So even in the national championship game, you probably weren't going to have Bolden and Earl out there together. So, right. you know, I would think that impacted him. Alabama actually went with more two tight ends after the injury to Williams in that game. And, you know, you anticipated Jalil Billingsley essentially becoming that next guy up. That did not happen really other than a spot or two in the season uh, in 2021. You know, we thought this could very well be Jalil Billingsley's final season with the Alabama Crimson Tide, but we thought that going into the season because of the potential for him with the NFL. Well, as we know now, and as you stated earlier, uh, looks like he's headed to Texas with Steve Sarkeesian and his old position coach, Jeff Banks. So, um, you know, a couple of things just didn't really materialize, uh, both at wide receiver, some of it due to lack of experience, some of it due to just a lack of maturity, some of it due to, well, you know, just guys like Jamison Williams having huge years. So Mechie as well was a high volume guy, but uh, there are some young guys in these last couple of classes. And even with this incoming class, you know, that, that are going to be counted on to, to provide something quickly. Yeah, good point on JoJo Earl. I, I think it's fair to presume, I guess, that he wasn't cross-trained for the outside spots a whole lot. I, I would think, you know, given the amount of time, you know, JoJo Earl wasn't a spring guy last year. So mm -hmm. I, I would think that for him in his first season, it was probably more about that inside position and then right. also punt returns. So um, I'm not saying that it, it wasn't at least broached with him, mm -hmm. but in terms of comfortability, um, that's what I would think because the Jai Hall seemed to be more of that next guy up, uh, especially after Jamison went out against Georgia. So what's pending here that at, at top of mind for Alabama travel got to be Christian Harris, right? And, and the move he may make as a draft eligible guy, you wonder as well, if we're going to even, you know, the, uh, uh, the deadline for dec declaring for the NFL draft is Monday, just a few mm -hmm. hours away as we, we record here on Sunday night. So I guess the annual uh, gathering of underclassmen to announce their intentions in a press conference all at once. That's that's been blown up for this year, and maybe maybe for good. Who knows? Yeah, it's kind of like Billy Batts's party at the Sweet Lounge in Goodfellas. Ruined my party. <laughs> yeah, remember? remember how that used to be a big deal, and we would go in there and count the number of seats up <laughs> on the stage to see exactly how many guys might be coming in and uh -huh. making announcements. Yeah, most of it's been. You know, what's become the industry now is these edits, man. 
all these guys between the transfer portal making moves and leaving places or coming back or going to the NFL draft, man, these edits, you know, these folks that are doing all this graphics work independently now, they're busy, busy folks. And that seems to have overtaken the more traditional approach that we had grown accustomed to go up to that Naylor Stone media suite and wait for Marcel Darius or some of these guys to come in, Trent Richardson, and kind of let you know what they were going to do. And typically it had the blessing one way or the other of Nick Saban. Nowadays, it looks like it's just being handled. These guys are controlling their brands uh, independently on social media. Speaking of which, Christopher Allen announcing he is going to move on to the NFL draft as well. You touched on him, I think, in the last podcast. That was kind of presumed, I think, uh, that that Christopher Allen would be moving on. Tough for him uh, to go out so early in the season with a season-ending injury, but he's got a lot of pro potential with the way he can get after the quarterback. He does. He's had a couple of pretty big red flags medically during his time at Alabama, as you know how important that can be. But he's pretty well removed from the knee injury he sustained early in his career. He had an ACL about three years ago uh, and really had separated himself from that. And and that was very much in his rearview mirror. And then he has the foot injury, the lower extremity injury against Miami in the season opener. So he'll have to answer a couple of questions from a health perspective, but you know, it'll come down to pass rush projection. I think for Christopher Allen, an area where he really improved over the last couple of years, First couple of years, you looked at him more like a Courtney Upshaw edge guy, stout edge setter, give you some pass rush, um, but became more dynamic, I thought, the last Mm -hmm. couple of years. So I think he's got enough tape uh, that that'll help him, but probably as much as anything medically. And then in terms of Sunday level pass rush ability uh, and twitch, uh, how does he stack up in that regard? By the time we arrive at our next podcast, I would imagine we'll know something about uh, Christian Harris at the linebacker spot, Travis. And your opinion, what would it mean to this Alabama defense if Christian Harris says, I- "I'm going to, I'm going to bring it back for for one more season"? Yeah, you'd be getting a four year starter, you know. And I think some of the problem they run into with both Henry and Christian is that both those guys are probably better off the ball. I don't know if either is extremely well-suited for the mic, even in today's game. I think Henry handles it about as well as you can hope for for, for what his skill set is. Um, you know, it'll be interesting. I know that Jalen Moody has entered the portal, and we presume he's moving on, and perhaps that is the case. But, you know, what if it was a case that he was kind of tired of waiting on Christian Harris? and Maybe mm-hmm. Christian Harris goes out. You know, you can go into the portal and come back out. Yep. the same place. So, you know, I'm not saying in any form or fashion that might even be the case with Jalen Moody. I would just say until you hear that these guys have definitely moved on to their next destination, we saw it with King Wakuda back in the summer. He was going to move on. He was leaving. Well, he came back. So, you know, I, I would just wait. I do, we do know some guys have already gone ahead and finalized those decisions. You know, some we're still waiting on. Tell you who else you saw it with was Jaden Shackelford on the basketball, basketball program. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, leading scorer. Uh, yeah. Went into that transfer portal, came back out, and uh, shooting it up uh, once again for the Crimson Tide. Going to touch on that here 
in just a couple minutes. First, though, we're going to thank our sponsors. We're going to start by telling you about North River Dental Associates and the great staff Jack Smalley's got over there at 1100 Fairfax Park. I was just there about a week ago for my routine twice yearly cleaning. They do a great job of reminding you. You're going to get it every time you get your teeth cleaned over there. Uh, they're going to set you up for your next appointment six months out, and you'll get a text message about a week out. So you'll never forget. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to jot it down on a calendar or anything of the sort. You'll get that text about a week before you're supposed to be back in there for your twice yearly cleaning. And uh, if you need to reschedule, you pick up the phone. They'll take care of it for you. Super staff over there doing all kinds of work. Porcelain veneers, cosmetic dentistry, endodontics, dentures. They do it all. Also, outstanding teeth whitening services that are very popular. And as well, Botox and Juvederm treatments going on over at North River Dental Associates. Give them a call at 752-3506 or for an appointment, visit NorthRiverDentist.com. It's North River Dental Associates. I'm going to tell you about Peter Brook Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. Never too early to start thinking about those babies right there. Those chocolate, hand-dipped chocolate strawberries at Peter Brook Chocolatier. And of course, we are mere few weeks away from Valentine's Day 2022. Go ahead and pre-order your hand-dipped chocolate strawberries for that special someone. Hey, maybe they're for yourself, right? We have Galentines these days. So, look, maybe just treat yourself with those strawberries, and you can do that at 205-752-0211. Save yourself from the hustle and bustle right around Feb 14. It gets a little crazy. They take great care of you, too, even if you don't pre-order they're still going to get you in they're still going to get you out with that high quality product at peterbrook chocolates here but if you're a little bit of a planner you can do that right now and give them a call they'll take great care of you there at peterbrook chocolates here finally going to tell you about our corporate sponsor that would be DraftKings. they've got an outstanding deal for you the nfl playoffs are upon us the official sports betting partner of the NFL, the DraftKings Sportsbook, is kicking things off with a huge offer. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any wild card team to win their game. Just bet $5 and win $280 in free bets if your wild card team is victorious. So I'll tell you what you do. You got one more wild card game this weekend, right? You got the Rams and the Cardinals going at it on Monday night. Pick your winner, you get the job done with a wild card team, and off you go. $280 on a $5 bet. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with the DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest as well. TPPN is the promo code, the Pigskin Podcast Network. You got to punch that in to get this deal. Bet $5, win $280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TPPN this week on Wild Card Weekend at the DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. Travis, we jump to basketball to close things out, and it's been a little bit of a rough patch for Nate Oates and his squad, 2-3 and three in the SEC now. Uh, came out of the gate 2-0 and oh in SEC play and have since dropped three straight, most recently on the road to Mississippi State Saturday night. That final score, 78-76. to 76. Alabama up 41-37 at the half. The game got away from them. And, Travis, uh, 
the theme here, the, the, the common thread with this stretch, I think for Alabama is bottom line has been cold shooting and they were cold again from three point range. They were, they were plus six in terms of makes, uh, from three compared to Mississippi state, Mississippi state, just two of 16 from beyond the arc, Alabama, eight of 29, but still within the league, just really struggling to shoot the basketball. No one more so than Javon Quinterly for Alabama right now. Five points for Javon, one of five shooting, uh, four turnovers in the game, and thought it was interesting. You saw J.D. Davison in there late on the ball with Javon on the sidelines. So uh, Nate with some comments after the game in terms of some tough talks maybe that might be coming up in terms of who's going to be on the floor when in some coming games. So that'll be something to keep an eye on. But was good to see James Rojas back in action. I thought in the first half he gave Alabama a bit of a lift there, extended a couple of possessions with his work ethic and his stick-to-itiveness and uh, his tough-nosed approach to the game. But he also had a big foul there in the final minute of the game, Alabama down two, and you just couldn't foul, especially that deep into the shot clock. They blow the whistle. State hits a couple of free throws to get it back out to four, and Still had a chance down two with 3.7 left. I thought Davison might attack the rim there, given where he caught the basketball in the backcourt, but he gives it up to Keon Ellis. Keon with a heave that at least drew some iron, but you're right. Again, a, a tough loss for Alabama down the stretch. You saw it against Auburn in the comeback uh, midweek, and then once again against Mississippi State on the road. Uh, able to put themselves in position in the final minute, but you know, just execution really on both ends uh, problematic for this team. And uh, turnovers a problem. Points off turnovers a problem in this one. And uh, second you, chance points a problem. Yeah, second second chance points points off turnovers. You know, when you talk about how does a team, you know, how are they plus six in makes from three and lose? Well, those are a couple of areas you go to. Mississippi State out-rebounds Alabama 43-32 to and scored 21 second-chance points on the Crimson Tide. Alabama hot again from the free-throw line. Something Alabama basketball has struggled with for a long, long time, Travis, but uh, not of late, certainly. 24 out of 28 from the free-throw line. That helped keep them in it. Kind of a wild finish with Keon Ellis uh, getting fouled on a three-point attempt from the yeah. baseline. Uh, very late in the game, just uh, you talk about terrible fouls. That was the worst thing Mississippi State could have done right there and uh, kind of extended Alabama's opportunity, but they just were not be, uh, able to close it out. And so Nate Oates' squad is, uh, after a really impressive non-conference season, uh, he's now looking to uh, get a win just to even himself up at 3-3 three and three in league play. That is is going to do it for this edition of the Talking Tide podcast. I want to thank our listeners and viewers, as always, for checking in. Lots of fun, as always. Travis and I will be back once again here in a week or so on the Talking Tide podcast. Until then, for Travis Ryer of BamaOnline.com, I'm Chase Goodbread of NFL.com and Crimson Cover Television. And we'll talk to you then on Talking Tide.